Best on the Board is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. Lots of great matchups in the NFL this weekend. 49ers, Saints, Ravens, Bills, Chiefs, Patriots, Seahawks, Rams, Jets, Dolphins. Not so much, but if you are in the New York area and you want to check out a football game, fire up the Game Time app just minutes before kickoff. You'll see the prices drop. Get that panoramic view on the go. You'll see exactly what you're getting yourself into, the view from every single seat at MetLife. So check that out. Uh, not just sports tickets either. Music, theater tickets as well. you got a favorite artist in town. Um, fire up the Game Time app and you will be ready to go. It's a simple two-tap checkout and then you're good. The Game Time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. of the NFL. I love this time of the year. Fantasy football playoff time. Marquee matchups. Teams fighting for their playoff lives. 49ers Saints. Bills Ravens. Patriots Chiefs. Seahawks Rams. I'm Chris Meany joined by Michael Beller of the Athletic. Beller, hopefully you had a good Thanksgiving. What's going on my man? Yeah, thanks Meany. It was a great Thanksgiving. Good uh, good time over in Cleveland with the in-laws and my parents uh, made the trip too. So it was a really good family time. Uh, had some fun on Thanksgiving. Had some fun over the weekend as well. And I love this time of year, man. Uh, the holiday time of year and the uh, football time of year. This is just really, really great time. I'm very excited about where things stand both in the fantasy world and in the real NFL world. Yeah, there's a lot to get excited about if you're a sports fan at this time of the season, for sure. I mean, you got hoops and, and hockey, and just this is the best time, I think, in the NFL, for sure. I mean, we got some great matchups, some great primetime matchups as well, and, you know, a lot of great stuff over at The Athletic. If you, you don't have a subscription, theathletic.com slash board will get you 40% off. We appreciate you hanging out. If this is your first time, welcome to the show. We're going to give some locks, going to go through all the games. If you're still hanging around Survivor, good on you. You probably don't need our help but we'll give you some picks towards the end uh but yeah we appreciate a rate and review if you subscribe to the show give uh, beller a follow on twitter at m beller myself at chris meany and again just lots of great podcasts no matter what if you're not just you like other sports whether it's hockey there's just yesterday we had scott collin of the athletic on eric young and myself four stack lines i know you get in touch with uh, emory hunt the advanced route every week we have fantasy ranking show we have uh, baseball it's a busy time in in baseball for sure guys are signing and then there's another show college basketball we just a couple episodes in miles more madness uh, all about college basketball i know you have a, a a say in that show as well how's that been so far yeah, that's been fun. I uh, I produce that show. I'm a huge college basketball fan, so I'm very happy to be in on the ground floor of our college basketball podcasting. Uh, Miles Moore Madness, uh, the name comes from our two hosts, former Nebraska coach 
Tim Miles and uh, the Athletics' own C.J. Moore, one of our uh, one of the uh, writers in our great stable of college basketball writers. If you are a college basketball fan, check out our coverage. Uh, him, Brian Hamilton, Eamon Brennan, Dana O'Neill. Uh, obviously, I'm leaving some people out. Uh, Kyle Tucker, but uh, we have a great stable of college basketball writers. CJ certainly one of them, and uh, it's a lot of fun. We get to pick the brain of uh, of Coach Miles and talk about. Uh, the things the way that a, that a coach thinks about him and get into him in that way. Obviously, Tim was the coach at Nebraska up until last year, so he has a very good hold on what's going on inside college basketball circles right now. Uh, we actually had our debut episode this week. Uh, we'll be coming at you twice a week, every week, all the way through March Madness, so please do check it out. You know, March is a good time, too, to be a sports fan. I mean, you yes, have the yeah basketball playoffs and NHL playoffs, and then, you know, football just never never stops. You, you start you know, talking about the draft and free agency and then March Madness, of course. I didn't know you were such a big college basketball fan. Do you have a team? Uh, I certainly do. Uh, you know, proud graduate of the University of Wisconsin. So, okay. Uh, okay. so yeah, go Badgers. Um, off to uh, up and down start. So far uh, here this season, uh, if you are a Badger fan as well, check out Jesse Temple, who does great coverage uh, on uh, right here at the Athletic of both Wisconsin football and basketball teams. Um, but uh, you know, got back to the tournament last year. We had you know my favorite one of my favorite stats in sports. Meaning you might not know this, but uh, two years ago it was broken. Wisconsin had and has the longest. It's no longer active, but the longest ever streak of both making a bowl game and going to the NCAA tournament. It was snapped in twenty. 2018 you know the the team the basketball team did not make the tournament uh, but it was 19 years running uh, so uh, yeah it's uh, it's a it's a, a positive program on both sides uh, so uh, hoping for good things here this season uh, amazing that Duke Alabama and the Patriots all lost this past week. That doesn't happen too often. <laughs> that does not happen very often at all. <laughs> it doesn't no, happen not very at all. often at all. <laughs> okay, so the, again, theathletic.com slash best on the board will get you a subscription. All kinds of greatness over at The Athletic. A ton of podcasts, over 100 podcasts and more to come. Even if you're a soccer fan, we've got some soccer podcasts that just launched over the past week or so. So check that out for sure. Let's uh, Before we get into week 14, we do the, the week 13 audit. It, you know, four and three for both of us. It's okay. It's it's better you know to be above 500 than below it for sure uh we were both on the ravens we didn't get that um that, that was a fascinating game any big takeaways for from you in, in that game i mean for for me just people seem to still just get all over lamar jackson a buddy of mine was texting me oh you can't even throw to a wide receiver he's, he's completely overrated but at the <laughs> end of the day he marched down the field in the final drive and he got his team a win any takeaways from you between between what could be a potential you know rematch in the super bowl yeah, I mean, you know, that uh, I think we would be blessed. I think we'd be happy if that ends up being the uh, Super Bowl matchup. It was a, a fun game throughout, a great game, played in a one-score window uh, the entire time. And basically my takeaway is that those two teams are, um, you know, we, you get on that high level and uh, they both were ready for the moment. And so you love to see that out of two teams who we expect to be able to make deep runs in the playoffs. So unfortunately, we didn't get that one. Uh, we were on the same page with a couple, the Chiefs. Um, we both mm-hmm. had that one. Chicago, uh, I sweated that one out. I mean, David Blau, when he he hooked up with Galladay, I said, "Oh man, not going to be easy. Not going to be easy for sure." Got the Bears, got the Packers. We both got the Saints. Both got the Chiefs. You were on the Texans. Great call by you. You said that they were going to win that football game, and they did win that football game. Tennessee as well for you, the Titans. And that one, I think you had to sweat out as well. And and I tight. 
Titans in my own pool, and I thought to myself, here we go again. Every time I, I doubt the Colts, they, they seem to just turn up, but Tennessee got into that, got that game late and wrapped it up, and then it was really just no contest towards the end. And then I guess one game that you were pretty surprised about was the Arizona outcome. Mm. I mean, they were never in that football game. Yes, I did not feel good uh, about that one whatsoever. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I got a funny story about that, and then we can move on to uh, this week. So I live in Illinois. We were in Ohio for Thanksgiving, uh, and Illinois has you know sports legal sports gambling is coming. It's not here yet, but it is uh, right on the doorstep, hopefully. Hopefully it'll be ready by March Madness, and I can use everything I learn on Miles Moore Madness to uh, make a little bit of money. Ohio doesn't have any sort of legal sports gambling. So on our drive home, we were in Indiana, where they have totally legal sports gambling, and it sort of hit me it's like oh my god I'm in a state where I can do some things on my phone I got to make some bets really quick so I was telling my wife she was like I was driving she was you know reading the things to me on the app and I was telling her what I wanted to do and I made sure everything everything I did uh, whether it was just straight or uh, a couple of parlays I made involved the Cardinals. So uh, by the time we got home uh, from the drive, the bets had already lost. But it was still you know, south of the border, meaning we are not as lucky as you guys are. It was a rush to be able uh, to make those bets just right there on my phone. So I still had fun, just didn't really turn out the way I wanted it to. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's just <laughs> – I've been living a different lifestyle, man. Like, yeah. I don't want to say that I've been crazy gamblers since I was a kid, <laughs> but, you know, it, it was available at convenience stores. Like, hey, you know, you go see the folks and at Christmas time, the grandparents are like, hey, you know, Papa, you want to get me a little pro line? We have pro line <laughs> up here, which is like just basically like parlays, but it is uh, a little bit of a ripoff because you have to pick at least three games where other sites, you know, you can just pick one game if you want to or, or two games or mm-hmm. a single prop. But yeah, I mean, it, I've had no issues with that. So that is, <laughs> it's interesting to hear that story. A bit of a rush for you, for sure. Um, I was pretty happy. You know, not so much with the outcome. I was with you on the, on the Cardinals, but uh, the Rams were big-time players for me in the DFS community, so I was pretty happy with that. Let's move over to Week 14. Let's get into it, and we'll start with the disappointing Dallas Cowboys, who opened up as three-point favorites on the road in Chicago, Thursday night football, and it's it stayed the same. Um, still three-point favorites. Plus 100, plus 100 for Dallas on the money line. The total 42.5, 22.75. The team implied total for the Cowboys and the Bears sitting at 19.75. Uh, did Trubisky and company show you enough to get on board with with Chicago? And, and what the heck is going on in Dallas? Yeah, I mean, I, I will lean with the Bears uh, catching the three at home. It's going to be, you know, not as not as cold as you would maybe think uh, for Chicago on what December fifth. That's going to be um, so not not super cold, but certainly not uh, nice weather either. It's not going to be uh, the best passing environment. And uh, our own Kevin Fishbane, uh, Bears beat writer at the uh, at the Athletic, came up uh, with a great stat that uh, he put out on Twitter. I think it was yesterday. Uh, the Cowboys when they've played bottom eleven defenses by DV. DOA, they've got 7.4 yards per play and 32.2 points per game. That's six games. Their other six games have come against top 10 defenses. In those, they are 5.6 yards per play and 19.5 points per game. So uh, it's a much different world for this team when they go up against a better defense. The Bears are eighth in DVOA right now. You couple that with the cold weather, even though it's not going to be dreadfully cold. Uh, The Bears getting three points at home. I do lean toward the Bears. But it's not something that I can back as one of my favorite seven plays. I can't back this either. I never know what to expect with Chicago. And you know what? I just don't know what to expect with Dallas right now. I I, I felt like that football game last Thursday was going to be pretty tight. We, we both talked about that, how, it, you know, 
the disrespect I think from Vegas when it comes to the Bills, and even now I'm seeing power rankings out there with Dallas as a top five team and Buffalo as like a borderline top ten team. It, it's 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 completely mind boggling because I thought maybe they were going to play for Garrett and they were going to show up, but it actually did seem like they were a bit checked out. And something has to be said about Dak Prescott, not just playing a, a top defense. But on the road, this guy is mm-hmm. not the same. It's almost Drew Brees-like from a couple years ago where Dak Prescott at home is averaging 350 passing yards per game. He's got 14 touchdowns to seven picks, 9.2 yards per attempt. On the road, the same amount of games, six games, obviously a, a worse QBR, 102 at home and 96 on the road, but just 280 passing yards per game and only nine touchdowns and four interceptions and 7.8 yards per attempt. So it, it's, it seems like a different Dak every time he is away from home. I don't know what to expect, but Beller, I just feel like with their backs against the wall and an opportunity to, you know, really kind of seize the moment with the Eagles losing to Miami, that this football team, there should be no excuse for them to not get a W. But I guess maybe I'm just thinking that because – Maybe there's just all the wrong reasons to think that, that they should win and the division is still up for grabs <laughs> right. and they're still a mediocre team. But really, though, aren't they the better team than Chicago? I think they are. But again, it comes back to what we both have said about the way that they've played. You say on the road, I say against good defenses. Both yeah. of those are in play this week. And, um, you know, the I'm Bears is, is disappointing. Yeah, yeah. Just, I, I just can't I can't do it. I can't. Uh, I, I lean toward the Bears. Uh, actually, as we've talked through this, I maybe will end up having the Bears, <clears throat> excuse me, as one of my top seven plays. I uh, don't have them there oh, really? yet, but uh, I just do lean in that direction, uh, getting the three at home. Okay, that's fair. Uh, I I probably honestly will lean the other way. I think I'm. Uh, I'll think I'll go with Dallas, but I, I do like that plus one hundred if they're going to win the football game, just win mm-hmm. it by a point and, and move on. Let's go over to Sunday. We'll start with the early games. This this is a pretty good one, and it's amazing to think at this point of the season, Buffalo could win that division. They really could. I mean. They need to win this game, have New England lose to KC, and all of a sudden these two teams play each other next week, Buffalo and New England, and <laughs> that would be for the division. I can't believe I'm saying that. But Baltimore opened up 6.5-point favorites heading into Buffalo for this football game. Now 5.5-point favorites. The total has jumped slightly from 43 to 43.5. Team implied total for Baltimore, 24.5, and Buffalo, 19. Any way you think that the Bills could actually win this game? Yeah, sure. There, I, I do think they can win this game. You know, I think that they are a uniquely bad matchup for for Baltimore uh, because of their style of play. Uh, they're going to want to keep the game slow. They're going to want to muck the game up. They're going to want to make it as few possessions as possible, get a few big plays out of Josh Allen and John Brown, and run away from there with a victory. Um, five and a half is just too many points for me. Uh, I think we got to respect the Bills. Um, you know, so so that I mean that suggests that this is an eleven and a half point line in Baltimore. Right, I mean, yeah. if you right, you, you swing it all the way back, eight and a half on a neutral field, eleven and a half in Baltimore. That's a monster line, and uh, you know, I love the Ravens. I think they should be considered the Super Bowl favorites at this point, but uh, I just can't go uh, that far uh, at a quality Buffalo team, especially a team that knows how to play in tight windows. I mean, and and whose style leads them to being regularly in tight windows. Just not a team that's going to get blown out because of how they play on both sides of the ball. Uh, I would actually lean toward the Bills, even though I think Baltimore is easily the better team just because of the five and a half points. But this is a very easy game for me to stay away from. I'm not going to be changing this come Friday. 
Yeah, I don't think I will either. How do you feel about the under? 43? I mean, that seems 43 and a half. It's, I feel like this is a 2017. It almost has the same kind of feel mm-hmm. as last week with the Ravens and 49ers. Yeah, I agree with you. The, the, the biggest reason why I think it goes, why I would lean toward the under, and again, it's not something I feel super confident about because, you know, Lamar Jackson, all things can go out the window. The biggest reason why I lean toward the under is because of the styles of offense, not because of the effectiveness of either team's defense, but just because if both teams are able to do what they basically want to do offensively, there's going to be very few possessions in this game, right? I mean, this is a one o'clock Eastern kickoff. This game could be over at like 350 Eastern. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's move on to the Packers. It's one of the biggest spreads of the week. They opened up as 14.5-point favorites at home against Washington, who, by the way, have won two straight football games. <laughs> I think right now, if the season ended, they're top five. They're going to get a top-five pick, at least. But, Beller, they could also win the division. Like They're not going to win the division, <laughs> but they are not eliminated. How crazy is that? Oh, my God, that's ridiculous. That's an amazing like how stat. How bad is the <laughs> NFC East? Like, they are not eliminated yet from the playoffs, but they could potentially get a Terrible, top two man. pick. It's it's you, it's crazy to even think about. Do you think that uh, the the five seed will be favored in Dallas? Like, what if the five seed is – What I if mean, it's San five, Fran? Right, it's San Fran or, or Seattle. I mean, it's San, likely absolutely. to be one of those two teams. Right, is yes. that team going to be favored in Dallas in the in the wild card round? <laughs> it's 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 nuts. So Green Bay this week for Washington, and then they wrap up with Philly, the Giants, and the Cowboys. I'm not saying guys that they're going to win the division, but that just just goes to show how how bad the NFC East has been this season. I'm going to back the Packers. I know it's a lot of points. Uh, they were able to do exactly what I wanted them to do last week against the Jets. Um, so it, was it the Jets? Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it wasn't the Jets. The Packers it was the Giants. The Giants. Nice. It's the 31-13. Giants. 31-13. That's kind of how I feel like this game will play out as well. Yeah. I, I don't expect Washington to score a lot of points. You know, Darius Geis is trending up. He's had a couple nice runs three weeks ago. Had a great catch. Brought it to the house last week. A great stiff arm. He brought it to the house. A nice run. Uh, they had a lot of success running on Carolina. You can dominate the line of scrimmage against you know Green Bay for sure. But I'm going to go with with Rodgers at home. Um, lean on both backs, Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams has been great since he's been, you know, you know, back into the lineup after missing several games of the toe injury. So I have, I know it's a lot of points, Beller, but I have no problem here back in the Packers. You guys want to tease it down to six, six and a half, seven points. Uh, sure. I think that's a lock, but I, I do feel like they win this game by two touchdowns. Are you going to have them in or are you going to go with Washington? Don't have him in right now. Definitely lean toward Green Bay. Definitely not going anywhere near Washington. Don't have him as one of my top seven, but uh, that's got a lot to do with something I talked about a few weeks ago where I don't want to be a total square dork loser and pick every single huge <laughs> spread. And there's one a little later that I feel a tiny oh. bit more confident in. So I'm going to stick with that one for now, but I could go back to the Packers. I agree with everything you said. Uh, you can basically just copy and paste, and uh, that's how I feel about this game as well. Green Bay is going to roll. All right, Texans and Broncos. Broncos, and I skipped over when I did the audit, which, by the way, I'm a sucker as well. Um, Chargers, way to back the Chargers (laughs) and and watch this team lose. Luckily, I was able to tease and got the push. But here we go with with Denver, who we've said so many times that they've just hung around in football games. They've had some bad fourth quarters, some bad endings. I mean, I I don't think they're as bad as the record suggests. They went to Drew Locke last week, the third different quarterback, and and Sutton was, Cortland Sutton was still able to have a pretty good game. So that's a positive if you're a Sutton owner and, you know, heading into the fantasy football playoffs in a decent matchup here. Houston opened up eight-point favorites, then are nine-point favorites, and the total is at 
42 and a half. Is this too many points for you in a division game? It is kind of for me. I'm, I'm kind of staying it's away It's not a division here. game. You're right. It's not a division game. I need to back. I need to get my divisions uh, straightened out. I'm all <laughs> rattled with the NFC East. But anyways, regardless, uh-huh. is it too many points for you? It is not. I like Houston. Uh, they could be in my seven by the time we get to the end. I, I, I keep saying I could be, could be. I've got five I feel good about, <laughs> and I'm playing around with two as we talk. I'm, I'm excited to see who you're going to finish up with here. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. I haven't, picked, I haven't said any of them yet. So I've got five I feel good about. I've got two spots I'm playing around with, and we're going to throw Houston in there as a possibility. Right, Houston, Green Bay, and Chicago as teams I could possibly fill out that's, uh, those last two spots for me. Um, yeah, I mean, th- this this has the feeling of, uh, of our don't uh, uh, don't overthink it. Player of the week, uh, Houston just comfortably the better team. Drew Locke making a second career start on the road. Houston's pass defense, uh, you know, surprisingly has been better of late, even with the loss of JJ Watt. This is a team that's got a few very impressive victories on its resume this season. Most recently, last week against the Patriots. Um, yeah, I think the Texans are probably the third best team in the AFC behind Baltimore and Kansas City. Um, I think Denver can try to slow the game down and not let Deshaun Watson uh, be able to do his thing in terms of you know getting eight or nine bites at the apple with possessions, but I, I don't think they'll be able to. So um, I think Houston wins this one relatively comfortably. Uh, for me, having it in my seven or not is just a matter of do I feel better about them than the Bears getting three at home? Do I feel better about them than the Packers winning by two touchdowns? That's really what it's going to come down to for me. So stay tuned over the next 25, 30 minutes or so. I'm a little hesitant on this game. I'm still undecided. I, I feel like it's a lot of points, but man, Beller, it's really hard to, to back a Broncos team. I mean, mm-hmm. I couldn't back them with three points last week against the Chargers, but uh, nonetheless, let's move on. On to one of the better games this week for sure Saints and 49ers and this line has moved slightly um, the Saints open up at home three-point favorites 45 and a half it's, it's dropped down to 44 a team implied total for New Orleans at 23 and a half for the Niners at 21 now it's just hey win by a field goal and you're good to go two and a half is is the line right now according to Westgate is this one of those don't overthink it the Saints are the better team like no disrespect to the 49ers but the Saints at home to win by a field goal I mean sign me up for that I'm this is definitely in my seven yeah I don't think we can say it's a don't overthink it play because the 49ers are 10 and 2 and obviously very good and a Super Bowl contender but I am all in on the Saints here maybe my favorite play of the week all we got to do is win by a field goal right I mean I went crazy on my rant last week about uh, how disrespectful the Cardinals line was obviously that didn't work out to my benefit but this is a disrespectful line, too. This Saints team, I don't care who they're playing. Less than a field goal? I mean, you got to just, even if you think the 49ers are the greatest team of the last 10 years in the NFL, you slap a three on this, you walk away, you give the Saints the respect that they have earned this season and that this personnel group has earned over multiple seasons. Saints were the best team in the NFL last year. I, I think they win the Super Bowl, if not for that botched pass interference call. So, Give this team the respect it deserves. Give them that field goal at home and walk away from it and let it be almost no matter what, unless, you know, as a book, you are forced to change the line because of how the money's coming in. But uh, I think the Saints win this game. I think they win it by at least a field goal. I think they're the better team. I think that will bear out both in this game and in January, maybe in February for New Orleans as well. Give me the Saints. uh, Very, very confident in this one. I'm very, very confident in saying that the Bengals and Browns, this is a division game. This is a division game. This is this is this is almost like the mini special right here. (laughs) And you know what? I've already bet it, and it (laughs) it opened up at ten and a half for Cleveland. Nah, I am not backing the Browns at ten and a half, and it's now eight and a half. So, 
Uh, I was pretty happy to get them at 10.5. I asked you last week if you cared that Andy Dalton had been uh, undefeated against the Jets. We, we joked and said, no, we don't care. He's still undefeated against the Jets. Uh, <laughs> this team looked pretty decent last week, and the defense has showed up. I mean, uh, again, I've referenced this show a couple times here, that podcast growling, but they've gotten some guys back. Carlos Dunlap has, has been a big boost to that team as well. They've just gotten some guys back over the past couple weeks, and they just don't seem like they're a pushover anymore. Obviously, having Andy Dalton under center certainly helps. It helps a guy like Tyler Boyd, who had at, who's averaged 10 targets per game with Dalton under center. He had absolutely nothing with Ryan Finley there. So I feel like this is this is too many points. And like I said, the Bengals defense, I know they played Oakland, Pittsburgh, and the Jets just recently. But still, I mean, only seven, 17 points allowed to Oakland. That was in Oakland. Only 16 points allowed to Pittsburgh. We're very much in that football game and just six last week against the Jets. So I do feel like Cincinnati will keep this game pretty close. Yeah, um, apologies to uh, Cleveland, my home away from home, but uh, I like Cincinnati in this one. This is another one of my possibilities to fill out those last two spots. This is lingering feelings of the Ryan Finley era, why this line is as high as it is, I think. I think there's still too much of, uh, of what we saw from that being baked into this line. Um, and if Andy Dalton had never relinquished the starting job, I think maybe they get one there for their first win of the season a little sooner. I don't think this line is anywhere near eight and a half. This should be under a touchdown to me. So I feel like you're getting a couple of free points by backing the Bengals. Um, they're just, I, I, I don't know if there's that large of a difference between these two right. teams with the way that they've played this season. I mean, Cleveland definitely the better team and they're playing at home, but I mean, what have they done to earn our trust that they can exactly. win a game by nine points against almost anyone. I mean, this has been one of the most up and down offenses of the season, and there's been way more down than there has been up. And sure, they've played a very tough schedule this season. You got to give them that. And Cincinnati might not fit into that exactly. But as you mentioned, they've gotten some reinforcements over recent weeks. Andy Dalton uh, brings a level of competence to this offense that it didn't have with Ryan Finley. They're still not going to have AJ Green, but there's still enough on this offense uh, as long as the offensive line doesn't completely torpedo it to uh, get some things going. And no Miles Garrett on the other side. So we're talking about a, a Browns team that is without its best pass rusher. I think this game stays within a touchdown. I think the Browns win, but I think the Bengals keep it close enough to uh, to uh, give you the win relatively comfortably with the eight and a half. And there's been some games where they, we've referenced this before with, with Cincy that – you know, in Seattle, week one, lost by a point. In Buffalo, week three, lost by four points. Played in Baltimore, lost by six points. That was a division game. Played against the Cardinals, lost by a field goal as well. Um, you know, they've hung around in, in a few games recently. So I, I actually feel pretty confident that, the, you know, the backdoor cover, all that stuff could certainly be in play with Andy Dalton. He's just much more capable, as you said, than Ryan Finley. Um, we had a quarterback or a coaching change in Carolina, and I guess when you lose to Washington, you got to make a change, Ballard. <laughs> I right? think so. I think yeah. yeah, I think that's totally Riverboat Rod. He's gone. I think that's somewhere in the uh, NFL bylaws. <laughs> yeah, it might be. But this team, I mean, at one point a few weeks ago, they were right there, right in in just in terms of of maybe getting a wild card spot. I know there were a couple teams, and certainly in Seattle and and Minnesota that have you know kind of sealed down the wild card and even Seattle now and they've moved up to the division you know leading the division in San Fran goes from like one seed to or two seed to to five seed mm-hmm. but just over the past couple weeks with this Carolina team and it, it seemed to happen kind of right out of the bye they they, they lost to San Fran they got crushed then they beat Tennessee but really they haven't been in the last few football games Green Bay Atlanta, they they came back late against the Saints, but they lost that game. And then losing to Washington, 29-21, seemed like the writing was on the wall. So is this one of those situations where you feel because of the coaching change? Because Brad Ziegler said on the throwback that he does feel like 
that Carolina will show up this week. I I mean, I don't know. They're playing the Falcons, so, I mean, maybe. Atlanta opened up as one-and-a-half-point favorites. They're now three-point favorites. Is is that enough to, with the coaching change, back Carolina? Or is this just a stay-away game from because there's just too many variables, really, with these two mediocre teams? I'm going with uh, one of your favorite lines here. Uh, division game, mediocre at best teams. No, thank you. I mean, there's nothing on either side of this game that I can get confident in or that I can feel. You know, I, I mean, Christian McCaffrey, of course, but uh, you know, one player even as good as Christian McCaffrey is is not going to lift you to victory like that in, in a way that you feel confident about it sitting here on a Wednesday and trying to project ahead and make uh, our favorite picks. So uh, way too many things going on either side of this game. And uh, you know, it's interesting. It's like I would almost rather – like, I would feel better backing either the Ravens or the Bills, right? I said that was a pretty easy stay away for me. But we know what those teams are. We know what they're going to try to do. And I could talk myself into the Ravens winning by six or Buffalo keeping it close much easier because I believe in those teams than I can either side in this game, right? It's just what have these teams done for you this season that makes you stand up and feel confident in what they're going to be able to do against one another on Sunday? So this is a very easy game for me to stay away from. I don't want to put my foot in my mouth, but as I scan up and down the list, I think probably the easiest game for me to stay away from this week. I would agree, actually. Yeah, I think it is, too. I think it's it's one or two of the easiest games to, to stay away. There's another one towards the end of, of Sunday that I think is, is also pretty easy to stay away from as well. Uh, but, yeah, there's no question. Um, let's let's just skip that one, guys. There's no need. <laughs> but um, if you, had, you have to pick it in your pool – or who who would you side with? Uh, I'll, I'll probably take the points <laughs> and back the Panthers, but back like the Panthers, you know, yeah. this is like a classic one point in a confidence pool game. Yeah, uh, definitely. Okay, so I have a feeling the other big spread was was Minnesota at home against Detroit. Thirteen point favorites, forty four. The over under it's now forty three, and it's it's stayed here at thirteen points. Not too many points for you to back the Vikings. Oh, no, not at all. Love the Vikings in this one. Let's just go over some Minnesota Vikings home games this season. Versus Atlanta, 28-12. Versus Oakland, 34-14. Versus Philadelphia, 38-20. Versus Washington, 19-9. Versus Denver, they had to come back in that game, only won by four, but uh, put up 27 second-half points in that one. Now they get a Detroit team that can't play defense on its third-string quarterback. Dalvin Cook's going to be fine, but he, I don't think they're going to need him at all. I think we get a heavy dose of Alexander Madison in this game. Uh, Kirk Cousins has not missed a beat. This guy's playing the best football of his career, and he's doing it largely without Adam Thielen. Maybe they get Thielen back, but again, even if they don't, Minnesota cruises in this game. This is going to be like 34-10, to 10, no question about it. Minnesota, one of my favorite plays of the week. Okay. All right. I'm a little hesitant um, just because I just feel like it's a lot of points and it has nothing to do with David Blau looking okay last week. Um, If Dalvin Cook didn't play, would that change your mind? I mean, Madison's a pretty good back. It doesn't matter. Madison is a good back. I mean, we can go. I mean, this is a good team, right? I mean, this is a this is a this is a very good team. I mean, other game like right. I mean, they they very easily could have won that Green Bay game back in Week Two at Green Bay. They lost to Kansas City at Kansas City by three. I mean, I know that was one of the Matt Moore games, but that's still not an easy place to go and win. They won at Dallas. Uh, they 
cruised at Detroit when they still were uh, the the sort of playoff sleeper uh, early on in the season. Matthew Stafford still healthy. That team uh, had uh, yet to trade Quandre Diggs at that point of the season. Uh, that game against Seattle, uh, hey man, that's just you know one one good team losing to another good team, and they were playing yeah, sure. on the road in it on Monday night. I mean, this is a very good team, and Detroit is simply. Not that at this point of the season. So I have a ton of trust and a ton of confidence in Minnesota winning this one with ease. Yeah, I mean, Dan Bailey makes that extra point. Maybe it's a different game, just a different feel. They don't have to get the you know the touchdown at the end of the game march, and they just get the field goal, even though they, they weren't able to really march down the field. I just I have that fear when it comes to Minnesota favored by almost two touchdowns. I, I look back at last year when they were favored by a couple touchdowns of the Bills and they got spanked. I look at recently. In the, this is this year. The look year. what they've done. Yeah, well, Washington. That game against Washington, right? Washington just hung around. They didn't care to to, to throw the football. They just ran Thursday it. Night, the Thursday night, a game that Minnesota knew it didn't really need anything. So that's, that's like a Belichick special, right? Like, let's go with our bare bo- – like, it's like a split squad game in spring training almost. Like, bare bones – we can win this game with our like C minus effort at home. Let's not show anything. Let's not put anything on tape. Let's not get anyone hurt in a short week. Let's just take the easy win and go into next week. Okay. Okay. Uh, Jets <laughs> and Dolphins, seven and a half point favorites. The Jets, that's what they opened up as. It's not uh, seven and a half now. Five and a half point favorites, 25.25 team applied total for the Jets, Jets, Jets. Dolphins coming off a big win against the Eagles, 19.75. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Devontae Parker, the, these two could be <laughs> big parts of, of championship teams in fantasy football. It, it's crazy to think about. I just I can't back the Jets right now at five and a half. I just don't know what Jets team I'm going to get. It's it's a team that at times looks great. They beat Dallas a couple weeks ago. That came against Oakland. And then last week against the Bengals, it just looked like Adam Gase was completely unprepared for, for that game. So for me, easy stay away. Have to pick it. Going to go with Miami. Yeah, I like Miami. You know, they were actually one of the five that I said would be uh, the five that I was locking in. I'm sort of backing off of that. <laughs> Maybe I've only got four that I feel super confident in on Wednesday. Uh, but I do like Miami getting uh, the five and a half. These teams played what about a month ago or so in Miami, and uh, the Dol- the Dolphins won twenty six to eighteen. They've been putting they've been able to put up some points. This team has been able to find the end zone. Uh, I'm gonna I've mentioned this stat a couple of times on our various podcasts this week. I'm gonna mention it once more right here. Hat tip to Mike Clay of ESPN. Uh, the Dolphins have two point six offensive touchdowns in eight games since their bye uh, per game. Uh, the NFL average is two point three eight. Uh, the two point six number puts them ahead of the season long mark of teams like. New Orleans, Philadelphia, uh, the the uh, both LA teams. So I mean, this offense has been able to move the ball a little bit, and I don't think the Jets' defense is really going to provide all that much resistance. We've seen them play in, with, uh, enough games without Preston Williams to know that uh, the loss to him, while it, it of course hurts, is not going to completely submarine the offense. So uh, I, I do like Miami in this one. Uh, I'm going to back off of saying they're for sure in my seven, but they still remain firmly in the mix to be one of my now last three plays that I filled this out with. And we'll revisit on Friday, but uh, I'm definitely not going to swing over to the Jets side. This is going to be Dolphins or no one for me. I think the line's going to continue to move. I think if you feel Miami, I think you do it now. I mean, like I said, seven and a half, five and a half. I think it could get to five, four and a half. I mean, this Miami team is 
they've won three of their last five. I mean, this is a winnable game. Next week against the Giants is a winnable game. Week 16 against Cincinnati is, is a winnable game. I mean, Fitzpatrick has, I mean, it's a great stat from, from Mike Clay. I mean, Fitzpatrick has just used both weapons lately, and, and Devontae Parker has at least 56 yards or a touchdown in every game but one, and the one game he didn't do, I mean, it was week two against the Pats. I mean, it's, that happens, right? Stephon Gilmore doesn't give up anything. Right. Uh, so I, I think it's... I, the more I think about it, Beller, <laughs> these mediocre teams that I just seem to back, it just they always seem to bite me. But division um, game, yeah. There's another one, division game. Um, <laughs> dolphins. Let's ride the yeah, Dolphins together, go. man. Let's do it. I'm with let's you. Let's Ventura. Know. Let's do, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Uh, Tampa <laughs> Bay and Indianapolis. The Colts, uh, another one bites the dust with the Colts. It's just, um, it, it just seems like every single week, Beller, that there's an injury in in Indianapolis, and and it, they just had such a rough go ever since Andy Luck decided he was going to retire. But there has been some some positive news as of today. Talking to you guys on a Wednesday, Marlon ba- Marlon Mack returned to practice, so with dealing with a hand injury, so potentially he could come back. That's that's positive news. Um, this is another stay away for me. It really is. Tampa Bay, three-point favorites against the Colts. 46.5 is the total. 24-team implied total for TB. And then the Colts are sitting at 21. Um, I just when, – when Zach Paschal is, is your number one, and, and mind you, he he had a good game, and, and Jack Doyle had a good game. No Ebron. doesn't look like T.Y. Hilton. Um, I, I just don't know really where this offense is going to come from. They don't want to play at a slow pace. I'm just – I'm just shying away. I just – I'm just shying away from these two teams. This is an easy stay away. I'm right there with you. Very, very, very easy stay away from me. I lean toward the Buccaneers. Um, if you do bet the minus three, you're getting plus 100. So you're not you're not paying the minus 110. You're getting a little bit of uh, of uh, the juice on your side, getting the plus 100 at minus three. But uh, it's still just something that I, I really don't want any piece of right now. Uh, as you said, I mean everything that you said about the Colts holds, but maybe they get Marlon Mack back in that game against Tennessee last week. I mean, I thought Tennessee was uh, the obvious play. I picked it as one of my seven. I ended up looking good, especially if all you did was look at the score after the game. But that was a nail biter. I mean, the, was, you know, the, yeah. the, 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 the Titans get that blocked field goal return in the fourth quarter, yes, and then they get another. The you know, yeah, right. I mean, that, that's every. I mean, if that field, if that's a make, right. I probably lose that bet, or maybe you know, yeah. maybe that's good. Then it really is literally going right down to the wire. So even though we look at this team and you know, amazing job by the Colts this season to remain relevant for as long as they have, and obviously still in the AFC playoff race, I don't think they're going to get there. Um, but they find a way, man. They find a way to stay in games, and Jameis Winston is going to always keep that door open for any team to stay in games. I like the buck. I do. I will be picking the Buccaneers where I have to. I think they win the game. But no way am I confident enough to uh, make them one of my seven or put any real money on them. You know what I was saying? Another one bites the dust, and the latest was just Chester Rogers, who's on IR, like Paris Campbell, right? I mean, all of these guys, Funches, like they just there's been Eric Ebron. There's just been so many injuries. T.Y. Hilton again, talking to you guys on a Wednesday, not practicing as of today. Had the setback last week at practice. I know he's over the past couple of years he's forced himself into lineups when he's not 100% and he's been okay um, but I, I just don't feel like he's gonna suit up and yesterday Frank Reich said he was hopeful just hopeful that Hilton would return at some point this season so that doesn't seem like it's a guy that's trending towards playing this week and what is a pretty decent matchup really against the Bucks. but yeah you're right it, I was they hung around in that game last week and if it wasn't for that block field goal I just I don't know if if Tennessee mm-hmm. wins. It definitely did change. Like you could see it, right? It it did spark the Titans on the other side. Um, so clearly, um, just just to stay away from me. But there's a 
Zach Pascal, guys, is is a player. I mean, I know this isn't a fantasy football show. There's other shows, the Advanced Route, the um, the Ranking Show, the Throwback. There's other shows out there that you know you can get a little bit more insight on which guys to play or not. But Zach Pascal sitting there at 20 percent ownership in Yahoo leagues, coming off a game where he had seven catches and 109 yards, going up against the Bucks. I think he's definitely in play. Let's move over to the Sunday later games: Chargers and Jaguars. Uh, Gardner Minshew is back under center for Jacksonville. Nick Foles looked awful in that game against Tampa Bay. Yeah, he is back, and the epic. Know, um, yeah, this is like this is an epic on par with Beowulf right here, right? <laughs> this is yeah, incredible. And, and maybe the Chargers should uh, start. What is it? Terod Taylor did change his name there. A couple, the pronunciation yeah. of his name. Yeah, maybe they, Wouldn't maybe that be they fun? should start Taylor. Maybe you should go Minshew and Taylor. <laughs> Let's go, bring him out because Rivers <laughs> does not look good at all. I mean, this guy almost has more kids than touchdown passes um, this season. I, I again another stay away. If I had to pick mm-hmm. it, and I, I'm going to, I will just pick the Jacksonville Jaguars just because. I've gone down that road too many times with the Chargers, and they just always find a way to lose a football game right now, favored by three points in Jacksonville. What's your thoughts here? Yeah, you said it all. Every part of me wants to take the Jags as one of my top seven because why are the Chargers favored by three on the road against anyone? Right. Um, but but they've looked terrible the last few weeks, and this defense uh, is awful. And say what you will about uh, what the Chargers have done this season and what Phillip Rivers has looked like this season, and we've said it all, and it all holds, but there are still some weapons on this offense, right? And you give even a guy like Rivers, right, uh, uh, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Eckler, Melvin Gordon, Mike Williams against what this Jags defense has looked like over the last couple of weeks, and ugh, I, I do not want to back that team. Uh, pools where I have to, absolutely, without thinking twice, I'm taking the Jaguars because they're getting the three at home and the Chargers don't deserve that level of respect. But uh, no, 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 no way do I want a part of this game. Yeah, the Chargers, surprisingly, are in the top ten in terms of public bets. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why anyone would want to waste their money, right? It doesn't make any sense. Um, I'll just give you the top ten right now. Seattle, one, Dallas, Baltimore, San Fran, Cincy, Tennessee, Miami, Atlanta, and then the Chargers at nine and the Colts at ten. So I hate hearing Cincy that high. I know number five, sixty-five percent. It's it's not especially a high since as we go through these games, I'm feeling better and better about them. <laughs> yeah. Now I just uh, feel like I got punched in the stomach. Yeah, d- don't over don't overthink it, guys. Don't overthink <laughs> that. I know sometimes you know you want to go against. It's also only Wednesday. It's also you know right. we can't put too much stock into into the public percentages until you know Friday at the absolute earliest. Yeah, for sure. Um, it can be a, a, a tricky game, a risky game making bets now, and I'll tell you about that in a little bit um, as I already made one earlier, and I'm just not – I just don't know if I'm feeling it anymore with the quarterback chain. Spoiler alert. Uh, Pats <laughs> and Chiefs. This one's surprisingly yes. not in there with the Chiefs, but this one's easy for me. I think I – Easy. Think, uh, yeah, easy. Layup. Right? It's a layup. I mean, Pats are – when's the last time you've seen the Pats at this time of the year favored only by three points at home? Um it's it doesn't happen too often, but this New England team does not look good. And, and, and guys, if you have been hanging out with us for you know most of the year, we've said this. I think especially you, Beller, we just haven't been impressed with this Patriots team. Yeah, the defense has been great, but who had they played at the you know early on in the year? The offense doesn't look good at all. You look at the box score last week; that was just some garbage time stuff with, with James White. Really, they were never really in that football game. They got a late touchdown to make it interesting, semi interesting, but that was Houston's game. I, I feel like they dominated that football game. We got a Chiefs team here now. I just don't feel like this is going to be 
the same type of game as last year when these two teams played, and it was a shootout. The total's 50 and a half. It, well, that's what it opened up at. It's now 49, and you know, New England opened up three and a half point favorites. Now three. It's kind of coming the other way here, but I mean, this is this is Chiefs, right? This is the better football team, isn't it, Beller? Easily the better football team. Easily the Chiefs of the play. Getting three. I don't care that it's on the road. Uh, Patriots have two losses this year there to the Ravens and the Texans. So what do those two teams have in common? Pretty good. Pretty good teams that the Patriots have lost to. Pretty sure, they beat the Bills. Too. Yeah, great. Yeah, right? And they, they beat the Bills. I mean, that's, that, that's a solid win. And they won that game in Buffalo. But, I mean, this is just... This they barely is, won that game in Buffalo. Barely won that game in another yeah. game where you left feeling totally unimpressed by the Patriots' offense. How many games have we felt impressed by what the Patriots' offense has been able to do? I mean, go all the way back to Week 2 against Miami when they scored 43 points. Right? I mean, that's one of them. Uh, so many of their points have come on defense. So many of their points have come from the defense either getting in the end zone itself or put it, setting them up with short fields. Um, th- there's just uh, – and it's gotten worse as the season has worn on too, meaning – I mean, they cannot run the ball at all. This team can get nothing happening on the ground. There isn't a vertical threat. I love Julian Edelman. I love the player that he is, but there's no vertical threat. And, and we are really seeing the absence of Rob Gronkowski, both what he brings to the table as a receiver and a threat in the passing game, and what he's did, what he's done for them as a sixth blocker in the running game. You know, one of the best blocking tight ends we've ever seen in the NFL. And, and it's just, you know, pretty remarkable uh, how far this offense has fallen this season. The Chiefs, meanwhile, I mean, this, this team's all the way back uh, with Patrick Mahomes being over that knee injury. Uh, I love the Chiefs in this one. They are the better team. They will show it. They will win this game. Yeah, and and Mahomes, he, he looked good. He ran one in, right? So that made me feel a little bit better about his knee. He, he wasn't hesitant at all to to run one in there last week. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally with you. And you know what? I haven't been – I'm not a Patriots hater. I'm not one of those guys who have who've come in here every single year at this point of the year and be like, the Patriots are done. They look awful. I, I haven't <laughs> I haven't said that over the years. This is really my first time saying that. I don't think that they're the second best team in the AFC. They, they went into Houston, like we said. Houston beat them. Yeah. I think KC beats them. I don't think them. they're the third best Baltimore team in the is AFC. better. Yeah, I mean, w- we joked that Buffalo could win this division, but it's, it's very possible that Buffalo could actually um, win this division. In fact, it's next week New England has Cincinnati, so that is a layup. And then they got the Bills Week 16, followed by Miami. So it's very unlikely, but it's still possible, mm-hmm. and it just goes to show that this is this is a different team, and, and their offense is just not the same. Defense still pretty good, very, very good, uh, but their offense has been – it just hasn't been impressive at all. And, and just looking, like 22 points last week, 30. 13 against Dallas, 17 against Philly, 20 against Baltimore, uh, 27 against Cleveland. Yeah, whatever. They beat the Jets and the Giants and Washington and the Jets and Miami. Like, I just don't care about any of that at all. So uh, you and I are on the same page here. We, we both like KC. Are you going back to the Cardinals? They were three-point <laughs> dogs at home. Um, depending on where you look, we always talk about Westgate, but I'm seeing some two-and-a-halves here uh, in, in some spots. I mean, that's what it opened up at, two-and-a-half. I'm seeing some threes, two-and-a-half. Uh, Westgate does have plus three Arizona. you going back to them or what? Uh, I think I am, man. <laughs> oh, he's doing it. I knew you were going to do it. I kind of hate myself for it, offense, but whatever. I think I am. It's, yeah, it's the, it, like, look – 
Uh, <laughs> the Steelers' defense is excellent, and we've seen Arizona um, uh, uh, really struggle against some good defenses this season. But we also go back to the two games they played against San Francisco. We saw one of Kyler Murray's best uh, passing performances in one of them and one of his best rushing performances in the other. That second one, he did struggle against the pass, and you could see uh, San Francisco's knowledge that it picked up of Arizona's offense in that first meeting really show up in the second. But then he found another way to succeed. Uh, so he, we have also seen him do well against some good defenses, uh, not just the Rams last week where he's struggling against good ones. Uh, the, the Saints also were a, were a defense that was able to shut him down. Pittsburgh certainly belongs in that class, at least with the Rams and the Saints. But this is two-pronged for me, right? Usually with Arizona, I say this is a, that I, I believe in the way this offense is trending and that uh, because of the style they play, I think they can keep a lot of games close. This is two-pronged. Um, where's Pittsburgh's offense going to come from? I know Arizona's defense is not one that scares anyone, but you know Devlin Hodges is an upgrade from Mason Rudolph, but that's not really that much of a bar to clear. And even last week against uh, against Cleveland, a game they were able to win, a game where they still you know struggled and had to claw and scratch their way to twenty points against you know a fine Cleveland defense at home. Now they go on the road. It's a long flight over to Arizona. It's a late start, sure, a late late afternoon start, but you're probably not going to have James Conner. If you have Juju Smith-Schuster, he's not going to be at 100%. You're on a quarterback that you really don't have much of a reason to trust. I just think that the, the home that this is a relatively even game, and the home team getting three points is uh, a, a kind of an easy play for me, even though the best unit in this game is Pittsburgh's defense. Do you have any concerns at all with Kyler Murray and the hamstring? I mean, oh. he did he was able to run one in, and, and, and then obviously I think it's back-to-back weeks now. He's got a couple of rushing touchdowns. He has moved around, but uh, I just thought watching that game last week that he just didn't look like himself. Yeah, I, I have some concerns there. I, I would sort of trust the team to not put the future of their franchise in a bad spot in a season right. where clearly they're not doing anything. Um, whether they're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs or not, obviously they're not going to the playoffs. So uh, the, the fact that the Cardinals feel still comfortable rolling him out week after week after week tells me that the hamstring shouldn't be too much of a hindrance for him if it's even one at all. If Juju Smith-Schuster and James Conner come back, I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll have to lean Pittsburgh here. Would that change your mind at all if, if either of those guys, especially if James Conner, because it is a pretty good match. We've seen Conner come in before and then leave at times. Like it, I don't know if they'll go down that road again with James Conner. I mean, it happened a couple weeks ago. I believe it was the Thursday night football game against Cleveland. It looked like uh, well, all the reports had said he's fine, he's fully healthy, and then he played, and then he re-aggravated that shoulder injury, and then you hear after the game that he wasn't 100% going in. So there's, there's that in terms of my head just rolling around like if Connor plays is he is he playing at 70%, 75%, but I feel a lot better if Juju and Connor are playing. Does it change any does it change your mind at all if those two get in the lineup? Yeah, uh, if both of them are playing, I, I don't think I would be still Maybe backing stay Arizona. Away. I mean, this is one of my, yeah, it'd probably be a stay. I, I don't think I would get on Pittsburgh, but it'd be a game I would stay away from. And I agree with you, Connor is really the guy who could change the equation here. So hopefully that's something we can hit on in a bigger way on Friday. Yeah, Friday, yeah, Friday is definitely going to, um, we'll have some news on Friday for sure. This is the other game that I was talking about, the last one on the just the late games for, for Sunday afternoon, Tennessee and Oakland. The Titans open up one-point favorites now, two-point favorites. Um, the total has just changed you know, a little bit. It was, it, I saw 47 and it's now 46 and a half. You know, Brad had talked, uh, mentioned, shouted again to Ziggler because he's played some baseball in Oakland. He's, he's had some experience there when it rains. And he says in the, he, he was looking at the forecast and he expected some rain. I think it could be a mucky field. I know Ryan Tannehill has been great. I mean, Tannehill is, he's leading the league in yards per attempt. He's second in completion rate. He's really opened up this offense. The play action has been there. Um, 
Derrick Henry's got at least 140 rushing yards in three straight games. That hadn't happened for a running back since 2012 AP, so it's been a long time. But but Henry has just been a monster over the last this from this moment on last year, um, for the full year he's just been he's been unbelievable. But it just it, it kind of just feels like a bit of a trap for me. I know Oakland's been disappointing the past couple weeks, really bad. The defense has been awful. Carr has looked brutal, making picks. They were never in that game last week against KC. They weren't in the game the week before against the Jets. It just part of me just feels like it's just a slight trap. There's still an opportunity for Oakland to potentially get into the playoffs. It's just one of those games, Beller, where again I just say, no thanks. I, I'm just I'm not going there. If I had to choose a team, it would be Tennessee because they have shown me a little bit more recently. Do you agree with that, or do you feel like Oakland at home is an opportunity for them to get back into the playoffs, like at least a playoff pitcher? Yeah, I guess first and foremost, I got to say I was wrong. The Raiders probably not going to make the playoffs. I was really well. Uh, I mean, you're both. Beat, I was back building them up. Yeah, yeah, right. So uh, our bad on behalf of uh, best on the board. Um, but uh, this week, I, I do like the Titans. Um, not going to put them in my seven right now. I understand everything you're saying about the trap, but I also think that we just need to uh, acknowledge that uh, Titans are a better team than we thought they were back in, or at least than I thought they were back in September and October. Um, you know, the, the Chiefs win obviously very impressive. That was Mahomes' first game back from his injury, I believe, and Mahomes played excellently in that football game. Uh, Tennessee was the beneficiary of a block field goal in that one as well just like they were last week uh, against the uh, against the Colts. But, um, you know, they're starting to stack some impressive wins, too. They've taken down some very good opponents. Uh, when they've played bad opponents, they have absolutely buried them, as they did against Jacksonville a couple of weeks ago uh, in a game where I thought Jacksonville was going to be able to uh, maybe even win, if not uh, at least keep the game close. Uh, so I think we need to start acknowledging that this is a very different Tennessee team, and it's even a different Tennessee team from – the early, uh, the early beginnings of the Ryan Tannehill era because they are starting to build that confidence and they're starting to uh, uh, open up the offense a little bit. I mean, Derrick Henry uh, has had his very best games with Ryan Tannehill on the field, even if that's meant a little bit less volume. I mean, the efficiency from Derrick Henry uh, in the six games that Ryan Tannehill has started has been off the charts. This guy's got four and a half yards per carry in six games this season, and five of them have come in the six starts by Ryan Tannehill. Uh, four of them in the, uh, the last four weeks, so I do think that we need to start opening up our minds to the fact that Tennessee uh, is a pretty solid team, uh, that they could be dangerous if they do get themselves into the postseason, and they've still got a matchup with Houston next week that could determine the uh, winner of the AFC South, and this could be a team playing a home game in the playoffs. Uh, Tennessee is an easy choice for me and uh, joins the large group of teams that could be in my seven, but not one I'm confident in yet to put in there. Sunday Night Football, Seattle and the Rams. And, you know, I mentioned earlier just public team, you know, public bets. Seattle, number one, 79%. Um, I don't know if that uh, changes things for you at all, but Seattle opened up two and a half point favorites. They're now one point favorites. The total has gone from 46 and a half to 47. These two teams played a few weeks ago and it was a 30-29 game. It was very entertaining. It was in Seattle. Uh, did LA do anything for you last week? Like, was that just more so on Arizona? Because the Rams still have an opportunity here to, to squeak into the playoffs. Yeah, I, they, they did do something for me. I mean, it's not just the, the win, right? It's the way in, in which they did it. Uh, looking great on offense, their best defense offensive too. game in, in quite a while. Yeah, and then the defense totally shutting down Arizona. So they did uh, that, that did do something for me. Um, this is probably going to be a stay away for me, though, because um, I, I do like the Rams. I do like them at home. Uh, I do like the athleticism of their defense. But I just can't. I can't back. A, I can't back Jared Goff against Russell Wilson. I just can't do yeah. it. <laughs> right? That's I mean, what it I just comes can't down do to it for me too. Yeah, just can't. So um, if anything, I would go with Seattle, and it's all 
literally 100% because of Russell Wilson. The guy's a magician. It's crazy what he is able to do week in, week out uh, with no matter what is around him. It's just wild uh, how good this team is on the strength of Russell Wilson. And, and Rashad Penny looks fresh. I mean, they didn't go completely away from Chris Carson. He still had his his 100 yards on the ground. He was still a factor getting some goal line touches. But Penny look, I think Penny gives them just a, a little bit of a different – not so much as a change of pace because this team wants to run the football anyways. But when they want to run the football and they're relying on their offensive line and they can rotate some of these backs, I mean, I think that's just a positive for what they want to do. So um, – not the not the easiest team to run on the Rams, but I think both of these guys are are certainly in play again from a fantasy standpoint. I'm with you. I think it, just every time the game is on the line, and I do feel like this game will go a, a lot like the one before, as I mentioned, 30 to 29. Like whoever has the ball last, and I just I, I have a lot more confidence in a guy like Russell Wilson to get the job done when the game's on the line, as opposed to to Jared mm-hmm. Goff. But mm-hmm. I will say because this time last week, Beller, I was saying that this Rams team. I mean, they look checked out, defeated, almost like their season was lost when they got embarrassed against uh, the Ravens. But they bounced back, man. They they really did. And I think now they, they, they feel like, hey, listen, if we can get another win here against Seattle, we have an opportunity. Like the playoffs is, is not dead yet. And last week I got to eat my words because I thought there was absolutely no chance. So I, I they're still alive. Uh, but, again, another game, these two teams. And I, this is actually a division rival game with these two teams. Um, uh-oh. Again, uh-oh. Um, you know, uh-oh. You know what's happen. <laughs> okay, so another division rival game. And I mentioned this earlier. I already bet the Giants. I bet them when I saw it early, uh, eight and a half. I said, no way. This Eagles team, I don't care that it's the Giants. I don't care that they're at home and they played better defensively at home against Seattle and New England. I'm not betting Philly. It's just too many points. <laughs> and then, and then Eli Manning. Eli time. Eli Manning, what? Uh, Daniel Jones um, in a walking boot, last I saw. This is not completely official, but it's it's pretty much. I mean, I think we'll hear a little bit later on that, you know, he's in a, Daniel Jones in a walking boot and he's expected to miss the Monday night game. So Eli Manning, uh, according to Pat Trimmer, is is likely to, to start this football game. Evan Ingram says he expects to play. Uh, Golden Tate potentially could get back here as well. This Eagles team is just too mediocre to, to even win at home uh, against a Giants team by nearly double-digit points. So the line has actually moved since um, this noise with Eli Manning. Eight and a half, it's now nine and a half. The total is at 46. Um, you go ahead and take it away. I'll give my final thoughts, but I'm not back, I'm not back in Philly here. Yeah, no, I, I, this is a pretty easy game for me to stay away from uh, for all the reasons that you mentioned. I actually would probably lean in, in Philly's direction um, just because uh, for? the off. I don't know, like the Giants are terrible, <laughs> right? Sure. Did see, but are the Eagles any see, good? No, no, I don't think they're good at all. I don't think anyone in this division is very good. But yeah, uh, we, uh, we, we did at least see uh, big signs of life from Philadelphia's offense last week against another bad defense opponent. In Miami, they get one against the Giants now this week. They get this one at home. Alshon Jeffrey back healthy. Uh, they've gotten a lot out of both of their tight ends. Uh, they've gotten a lot out of Miles Sanders in recent weeks. So uh, I, I do lean toward Philly, but it's, I mean, pff, no. I, I'm just pumped for Eli. I'm just, I, I just can't wait to watch Eli. Eli, I mean, the fact that this is Monday Night Football is just a thing of freaking beauty. I mean, let's get Eli on Monday Night Football, national audience. Let's all watch. I mean, you think uh, you think that uh, Tessator and, and Booger McFarland are pumped up over <laughs> you know any game like this one? I mean, they are going to be 
fired up with Eli back in the fold. This is going to be a fun one. I'm just very excited to watch Eli play on Monday. You're serious. I am, man. Well, I'm also I, I, I've got a lot I've got a lot tied up in Carson Wentz and Miles Sanders in uh, my home fantasy league uh, first round of the playoffs. So sure. I'm very I mean, excited you, for that too. You could definitely feel better about Carson Wentz. I mean, getting Alshon Jeffrey back and Zach Ertz, absolutely. Um, for yeah. sure. I just But yeah, no but betting wise Yeah, no, betting wise is no just way. too much. Like I joked on the throwback we we broke it live towards the end of the show because we just go through every single game and obviously this one's being the last one and, and Brad had found it on Twitter and said, That's it, I I feel a lot better about the Eagles now. Uh but I don't. I actually don't. I, I really do not feel good about this Philadelphia team being It does anyone. nothing to me. Eli uh, Daniel Jones, I mean, yeah, no, it, it means really doesn't do do anything for me either. Um, you know, I think Evan Ingram back, maybe if you're a Barkley owner, you can feel a little bit better. And, you know, Jones hasn't been dumping it off to Barkley like last year. And that was the case. But the offensive line still some question marks there. So I will back the Giants, uh, which brings me to my seven. So I, you know, I'm sure there's some listeners out there who are wondering what seven we're going to go with because we were on the fence with a couple games. So I feel pretty good about Green Bay, New Orleans, Cincinnati. And then this is where it kind of just gets a little dicey. Actually, I feel good about KC too. So the Packers, the Chiefs, the Saints, and then you're getting into some some dicey teams here. The Bengals, locking them in. Miami, I'm locking them in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the Giants. I mean, the Giants, the Dolphins, and the Bengals, how many wins combined do they have? I don't care. I'm locking those, those teams <laughs> in, and I'm going with the Chiefs, the Saints, and the Packers. Yeah, Does sounds like the uh, sounds like the top half of the or the top like the top three picks of the uh, NFL draft. <laughs> it really does. Hey, man, Washington, they're going to win that division. <laughs> uh, who are you going uh, with? All right, so uh, New Orleans, Minnesota, KC, absolutely love those three plays. Uh, I'm going to throw Cincinnati in there. That's one that I started feeling very good about as we talked out this uh, show and talked out our picks. Um, I'm going to stick with Miami for the time being. So they are my number five. I've got. Two more plays to go here. Um, you know, one of them is, that's possible for me is Chicago, uh, but I just don't want to back I don't want to lock it in right now. And I, with that being the Thursday game, I would have to lock it in right now. So sorry, Bears. You're not going to get in there. I'm going to put Arizona in as play number six. And for the time being, I will throw Houston in as my seventh. So that, you know to what recap I, them again, I'm going to yeah. go New Orleans, Minnesota, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Miami, Arizona, Houston. You know, I tried to cheat you guys. I only gave six. You know, since you're not going to lock in that Thursday game, I'm going to lock it in. And I'm going to go, go with, with Dallas. I am. I'm going to go with you're Dallas. You're going to lose. <laughs> no <laughs> chance, Trubisky. No way. Um, show me something, Dallas. Show me something. Um, this division, go go seize it. Uh, beat a Chicago team that's just been pretty mediocre. I know you've been mediocre yourselves, but uh, I will go with, I think, what is the um, – and what I know is the better offensive team here. Um, in into the Dallas Cowboys, so I'm locking them in. Packers, Chiefs, Saints, Bengals, Dolphins, Giants, and the Cowboys. Uh, Survivor still hanging around. Like I said, good on you. Uh, it's been a, a real nice run. Hopefully you've you've just won. If you're still hanging out there, um, maybe if the Packers are available to you, the Texans are available to you. Those are a couple options um, that I can get behind. The Vikings um, is another one that maybe I, I definitely could get behind against the Lions at home. Uh, anything else uh, stand out to you, Beller? No, I think you. Uh, I think you pretty much nailed it. Uh, again, like you're gonna be, you're gonna be picking from 
just not a lot of uh, right, not a lot of good options. Most likely, if you've made it uh, through this uh, pool, I actually just went to uh, to I, I've got there's one huge survivor pool I'm in every year, and I was going to it to see what the uh, like this would be a good uh, like proxy for. Uh, like the the entire range of survivor pools of how many people have this team left, right, or whatever. I mean, this is a pool that's got thousands of people in it every year, and I just went to check that out, and the pool's done. It's over. So I can't see how many people <laughs> yeah. are ha- still have the, this team left or that team left because this pool with thousands and thousands of people in it is over. So trust yourself. All the picks you said me, I endorse them. All righty. Uh, M. Beller, give him a follow on Twitter. Michael Beller, check out all of his work at The Athletic. Check out all those podcasts he's involved with. Miles Moore Madness. Uh, honestly, I haven't uh, listened to that yet, but I'm really looking forward to checking that out as well. Theathletic.com slash best on the board, 40% off. Myself, at Chris Meanies, where you can follow me on Twitter. We will be back on Friday. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and hang out with us on Friday as we lock in those seven picks. Enjoy the Thursday Night Football. We'll talk to you then. Cheers. <laughs>